This one goes out to Jeff Bezos, the richest egg in the internet businesses. I've been a bad, bad girl. I've been foolish with a delicate man. And it's a sad, sad world. When a girl would give her dick pics to her brother just because she can. Oh, help me, but don't tell me to deny it. Something about Trump and Saudi Arabia and my sins. I've come to you because I need guidance to be true. And I just don't understand the post that you made. Hey, all I need is a translator. Because I don't understand your blog post on Medium. And I'm pretty sure the complexifier isn't really a word. But I tried to read it and gave up. Yeah. Whoa. Yay. Good night. Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Kombucha. I'm your host, Kalechi Azie, and this is a place where we come to talk about the cake, which is silly internet memes, social media stuff, reality TV, and the kombucha, which is the crazy, sometimes horrifying world we're living in under this Trump democracy. Yeah, I honestly feel like I need to start calling this show the quiet storm because I can never get started recording until right about now 10:45. I just I don't know. I guess I just need to let the news marinate with me a little bit. If you don't know what the quiet storm is, then you probably didn't grow up near a black radio station, but after 10 p.m., you know, the music just kind of it switches to like oldies, and a lot of time they start out playing quiet storm blowing through my life. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Quiet storm blowing. It's just your it's a place where you learn all your oldies and like I realized that as a kid I knew a couple songs growing up in Buffalo New York listening to WBOK 93.7 I there were songs that were disproportionately played that like weren't that popular like you know that's like silly of me to think that I could ever have you for my guy how I love you I'm just a fool in love for sure. That song where she's like, who, 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 Then my mom was like, nobody likes that song. It was like Stevie Wonder's like side chick protege that he tried to make happen and he couldn't make fetch happen. So anyway, that's the story of The Quiet Storm. Anyway, back but back to that intro. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, I am confused. I'm reaching out. I'm I'm crowdsourcing this one because I tried to read that blog post that he wrote on Medium and I couldn't get through it because he kept calling things a complexifier and I was like I don't think that's a word. But you sort of have made up a word for how I feel about what you're writing because I don't understand it. I'm confused. It has some, he's being bribed by the National Enquirer for his dick pics with this guy, which this guy termed below the belt selfies, which is like, 
Is your dick yourself? Is that a really accurate phrase? I don't know. Men, crowdsourcing that one to you. Is your dick yourself? Anyway, also, um, it was discovered that the person who leaked these photos was his, like, his uh, paramour. (laughs) I don't know why I said that word, but it just came to me. I was about to say protege, and I was like, what are you on? Paramour, uh, whatever, Lauren Sanchez, maybe her name is Susan Sanchez, Sonia Sanchez, I don't know. Something Sanchez, I believe. It was her brother. What kind of person shares dirty text messages with their brother? There's so many questions that I have that are really at the base level of what's going on here, even though there's some larger story about bribery and Saudi Arabia and funded newspapers that Trump owns and Jeff Bezos thinks Trump is trying to take him down. Why would Trump be trying to take him down? I'm not really sure. Maybe because he's jealous because Amazon is actually a successful business that to my knowledge, Jeff Bezos wasn't given a hundred million dollars from his father to start. I don't know. You know, we'll have to just keep watching this one. And by we, I mean you, because I don't, I don't know what I don't know what's going on. If a dick pic actually comes out, I I'll be interested then. It's hard to decide whether this entire episode should be called men acting crazy. But since that's every day, let's just go to some kombucha now. I mean, sorry, some cake. Well, it depends. It depends on where your priorities lie. Um, but this is the story of the Grammys, which just happened. Now, if you think that I watched that, you will be sorely mistaken. I really think streaming has changed it. Streaming has changed the game for a lot of things. Like, you just know that you can watch highlights of stuff later. Um, I'm not, like, the biggest award show person anymore. I used to dress up and watch the Oscars when I was little, like, and make my whole family watch and watch the Tonys. Now I'm just like, let's see the performances. And for the Grammys, no, I don't. I just don't care. Like, I I know people that I respect that have, like, won Grammys and their awards are not the ones that are shown. It's just kind of a... Who decides that? It's not something that I, like, consider to be, you know, what determines what good music actually is versus, like, the popularity. And when I get a Grammy, you didn't hear any of this, okay? EGOT! But anyway, what I do look to the Grammys for is justice, Justicia. Justicia? Justicia? I don't know. I don't know how to say anything. Um, Like, you know, Beyonce winning all the things she's supposed to win, which she doesn't. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just naming more reasons why it's turned me off. But anyway, um, what happened this weekend was Cardi B was awarded uh, the Grammy for Best Rap Album. And she, sadly, is the first female rapper to receive that award. So she made history and it was a groundbreaking win and she's just having her like come up her Cinderella moment, her, she's very successful. She's in the media all the time. She's wild. She's funny. She, you know, she kind of just says, you don't know what she's going to say. And she does her taxes. I like that she does her taxes. I think she's setting a good example for the other stars out here that hit success really quickly. You should do your taxes. I know just a little announcement before tax season is over. I mean, before it's time, I know you're in a new tax bracket this year and it's alarming to see this much of your paycheck go away, but just don't be like Wesley Snipes. I don't, what, well, don't be like Wesley Snipes. Don't be like Lauren Hill. 
just pay your taxes. It's not really going to work out well for you in the end. It's not a great way to make some sort of political statement. The Boston Tea Party's over. We have representation. Just do it. Okay? Do what Cardi does. Anyway, now that that PSA is over, where are my notes? Like, where are they? I had it open. I didn't close them. Where are they? Okay, I've recovered. Um, so, yes. Anyway, Cardi B made Grammy history, and then BT tweeted um, this article that said Cardi B is the first female rapper to win the best rap album, and fans are weeping. And then BT like, tweeted this article and wrote above it, Meanwhile, Nicki Minaj is being dragged by her lace front. Okay, I pause for effect because I wanted to marinate because there's a couple things. Okay, don't take my black card away, but I don't know what that means. I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all and pretend like I know what that meant exactly. I mean, does it sound shady? Does it sound sassy? Sure. Is it an insult? Absolutely. What does it actually mean? Whose lace front is being pulled? Like, who is dragging who... I don't know who's lace front. They all, everyone wears, they all have lace fronts. In the picture, Cardi B has a lace front that's pulled into an updo. So I don't know if they meant like, hey, look, she snatched her lace fronts into an updo, which it is as admittedly difficult to make a ponytail look good on a wig. I also think we should stop doing that completely, but that's another story. You ain't heard that from me. No, I, I'll go into it. I miss weaves. I miss them. I don't know why people stopped caring about like having any part of their hair looking natural and this like glued down onto your forehead thing. I've seen people with just like day old days old glue and gunk. I'm like, I can see you. Like, can you see me? I just want to like wave my hand in front of their face. Like, like I'm in ghost. Like, Hey, your edges is in danger, girl. But anyway, um, I don't know whose lace front was being pulled. It was mean. And what's really interesting about it is that I just thought it was this fascinating, like, look at the cross section between our culture of like sniping at celebrities and just saying anything you want on the internet and not thinking about the consequences. Because it's like, was this an intern or did BT forget they're a business? Like, who, who greenlit this this tweet? And it's is just more important to go viral than to really actually think about it. Wait a minute. We're multi, is it a billion? Was it valued at a billion dollars? Media company. And we have, you know, we're music. Like, that's what we do. So these performers, like, work with us. And sure enough, Nikki, who is going through some sort of extremely rough patch that seems to be enhanced by, like, chemicals, or I don't know what's going on with her. Lack of sleep. Celebrities are always saying lack of sleep. You know, honestly, I have been so tired. If you stay for three days, it is the same thing as psychosis, apparently. So maybe they don't get enough sleep. But whatever's going on with her, she's been acting wild. But she's not a dummy. She never has been. And so she just released a statement saying, okay, I'm not going to perform in your summer jam. I'm not working with you anymore. And then she even took a screenshot of her telling Lil Wayne, like, oh, look what they said to me. I'm not performing for them anymore. And he said, me too. And so then they had to issue an apology. But it's like, what were you thinking before that point? You have business relationships with this woman. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, you can relegate that to your blogs or whatever. But for the main, like, she's like, BT Twitter handle to be tweeting stuff like that. It's so odd. It's just such an interest. Like, everyone is so thirsty for attention right now. Like, you're a whole damn media company. And you're just thirsty for more attention. It's sad. 
It's really sad, for real. <laughs> Why you got beef? Oh, take your beef elsewhere. Don't bring that over here. If, if the girls can't go to Bella Noche, where can they go? So what was even more fun was some of the fascinating, scintillating, fake deep uh, conversations that came out of this. So I somehow became aware of the existence of this person on Facebook who is kind of a, I feel like Steve Harvey has started a whole genre of men giving advice that nobody asked for. And so just, you know, if you're a man and you're a black man and you're on Facebook, you just get to say things that women are supposed to care about. I don't know, like want to emulate, uh, model their behavior after, things like that. So this guy posted the following. He said, just want to point out that on my news feed, Cardi stands are talking bad about Nicki Minaj and Nicki stands are talking bad about Cardi B. So when y'all try to pull that whole, the black woman is the most disrespected woman shit, which is a, they believe a James Baldwin quote that he just called shit. Remember that it's basically y'all doing it to each other. Remember that it's basically y'all doing it to each other. I'm, I'm repeating that again. The men are sitting this one out while black women are at each other's necks over some damn music. Why you have to be team either or? Can't you not like and congratulate both black women for pulling themselves out of poverty and being insanely rich and famous? No. No, bitch, no. I don't like both of them. I will choose one of them if I so fucking please. If I decide to get involved in a pop battle or some sort of petty internet bullshit, because that's what tickles my fancy, I'm going to do it. And guess what? I actually don't have a side for either of them. I would be leaning towards Cardi right now just because she hasn't been like dating child molesters and things like that or whatever. But am I to understand that you just blamed rap music beef for the oppression of black women in the world? He said... So when y'all try to pull that hole, the black woman is the most disrespected woman shit. Remember that it's basically y'all doing it to each other. Basically should just be disallowed from, it should be crossed out of the dictionary. If you're going to take basically to just say some, hey, this thing is not analogous at all to this thing, but just throw basically in there and then it's like you've made a point. We should just, we should just bar basically from the vocabulary of the United States of America. It should be illegal. I think I just wrote something snarky like oh yeah I wrote I'm not sure if this <laughs> I was what did I say I said I'm not sure if this cancels the patriarchy but okay something like that that's all I said I wasn't I didn't even know he'd really read it but he's thirsty so he replies every single comment and he's got a lot of followers and he was like I said that blah blah I don't know I don't care what he said I'm not gonna lie he wrote a bunch of stuff other women at this point were like Yes, sis, like this is dumb. So they kind of, I just let them handle it. And then he came back and said some other stuff. And then I was just like, you know what? He said something like Black Lives Matter or no, y'all want to be all black girl magic. And then y'all also want to do this. And first of all, I'm like, who's y'all? Who are you talking to? Fix your neck when you're talking to me. Okay. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. No, but really who is y'all? Like, I feel like those are different demographics of people People that watch VH1 Black Girl Magic stuff and people that like would be 
on the internet really mad caping for Nikki or Cardi. And they're not even like necessarily overlapping groups in a Venn diagram. Okay. Venn diagrams. That's a throwback to like preschool. It's just circles. It's just circles. It was fun to draw them. Anyway, like, I don't understand this man and why you would say something that dumb. And I was just, oh, no, I remember what I said. I was like, this is kind of like when, you know, we're out, you're out here marching for police brutality. And then people are like, but what about the rap music and the crime? I'm just like, it's not the same thing. It's just so anachronistic and also just dumb and insincere. And you just basically wanted a chance to shit on women, which is what I continue to see on the Internet after that. Um Someone had posted, oh, there was this like VH1 protege, love and hip hop person. I don't know. She had laid down some freestyle in the studio and it was sick. Like her flow was really sick. And so, of course, people were saying positive things in her. And, you know, you can't say positive things without people coming, taking a poo on the whole situation. And so this guy, some guys were just like, why do women only rap about their pussies and da 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 da. Um, you only rap about our pussies. Who are you talking to? Misogyny is so real. And this is what I mean. Like, I don't understand. You obviously, you know, what did, what did, what did they say? Like, oh, you know, they're just only rapping about like fucking. I'm like, you know what? You obviously just never thought about it from the fuck ease point of view. Because rappers, all they ever talk about is like banging hoes either blah 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 so what about the hoe she don't get to say something back like and i say that facetiously obviously a hoe is a hoe you're all hoes we're all hoes but like i i just don't get why you think it's okay for men to sit here and rap about how many chicks they bag and you know packaging up drugs in the assembly line and like shit like that but then if the women are saying the same kind of stuff just as crass just as extra and actually from a place of empowerment, like saying like, hey, all you guys do is rap about how much pussy you get anyway. Well, I have one. It's awesome. I use it to get these things I want, which are the same things that you guys are rapping about having, except you're rapping about like killing each other over them and sometimes even ratting each other out for real and going to jail. See Tech 9 and uh, what's his name? The guy who went to jail for the song Hot Nigga. I forget his name. See, he's been gone too long. But he was just like, and then... And then Jason on the app. And then Brandon did this at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, I was like, you just gave, like, you were, you are a witness. You just were off the stand out here just witnessing things. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was so interesting. And, and it really made me think, like, the fact that you think there's something disgusting about, like, rapping about, you know, being fucked or, like, how many guys you fucked but not about how many girls you fucked, it means you really think there is something denigrating about being penetrated. Like, you, are, that's the only difference in these transactions. Like, I don't understand how you could come out your mouth and say that. And then there are even some women on there doing their whole respectability politics saying, well, why can't she talk about this and that? I was like, it's not take your damn daughter to work day. It's a freestyle. I... There have always been deep rappers, and there there are. They're always, you know, those are the ones that I came up listening to, like Talib Kweli and Common, and people just made you feel good in your soul and good about your natural hair and 
just being, you know, woke early. I was a little woke baby 14-year-old. Like, yeah, you must be my soul, sister, soul, sister, hey, sis. Yeah, I was just that person. So I liked all that shit. It's always been there for you. It's there for the taking. There are, you know, females in this genre, too. You can find them if you want to, but instead you want to go to some people who have, like, you know tang colored orange hair and like matching nipple covers and butt implants and be like well why aren't you talking about you know how to plant your garden and and straight rows and have the most vegetables like uh, 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 good night Hello, my name is Haydn, and I would like to talk to you about a product that we're offering today. I've noticed that many Americans like to go to Ikea, and it's fun, and it's low cost, and they have good meatballs, but are you really getting the challenge that you deserve? Welcome to the future of furniture, Flutendog. Flutendog is a place for those of you who are adventurous of spirit. Are you sick of spending eight hours putting together your couch when it could be 12? Are you sick of having to call a helpline or look on the internet for instructions because there's a little man that doesn't have any words next to him and somehow you just don't have the right number of screws? Flutendog can help. Whatever you did before will make it 19 times harder. Because at Flutentag, we believe that there's no beauty without pain. Pain, the pain that your eyes will have when you are trying to read our instructions. We've printed them in size 5 font. And no little faceless men will be helping you learn how to put the pieces together. No, no, no. Instead, we've come up with our own cryptogram system. That's right. There's no words, just small pictures like in the Da Vinci Code. You can call a cryptologist or if you have a local priest to help you with your sanity afterwards because you're going to need some holy water and a whole lot of vodka to get through this. <laughs> Flutentag, we hate you. All right, we're back. I finished my rotisserie chicken, my quarter rotisserie chicken, and I really wish there was more. Bag is just sitting here, twancing me, twancing me, teasing me. All right, moving on. So last week, I feel like I did you all a disservice, either a disservice or a service. I can't decide. I didn't really delve deeply into everything that was going on in Virginia because... Who has time to keep up with this nonsense? But it's just getting more to be more and more of a shit show. And I just want to circle back, circle forward. So as you know, uh, Governor Ralph Shearer Northam of Virginia is under fire right now because his medical school yearbook, which I don't know, they made yearbooks in medical school, actually, his on his page, you know how you have that page, your page at the end, that's like your little collage of pictures that matter to you. There's a picture of someone in blackface and someone wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit. So it's like, <laughs> pick one. Which which one are you going to say you are? Because neither of them are good. Guess what? He said he's neither. Yep. This man said, where is this quote? It has taken time for me to make sure that it's not me, but I'm convinced. 
I'm convinced that I am not in that picture. Wait, hold up, hold up on a beat. What? What? Uh, I don't, this is like the 10th degree of the like, that person is not me or I'm rather, sorry, I'm not that person, which has become my other least favorite thing that people say. I'm not that person. I'm not that person. No, you're all of those people. You fucking you know, split personality having M. Night Shyamalan character. You're all of those people. What we do, I mean, the people that always say I'm not that person are also the ones that have been caught out in the most explicitly obvious, like, you know, when you're drunk and you're with your friends, you're drunk and you're acting out, when you don't think you're being recorded, when you're sending private emails, that's exactly when you're your most candid. I happen to be my most candid on a podcast that anyone can hear that's kind of a weird choice, but here we are. That you know, like, so this is like I'm not that person to the exponential like power. Like, I have concluded. I've convinced. Who convinced you that you weren't in a picture on your yearbook page? Why would anyone be in a position to convince you where you are? Is that what being old is like? Is that like you just people just have to tell you where you were and what's what? Like that wasn't you. No, that's not you. In the mirror, that's not you. Oh, okay. I thought that was my reflection. No, uh, no, no. I'm. It's take, taking me some time to come to that realization. But no, that's not your reflection. That's not your shadow either. That's. It looks like it's connected to you. It's connected to the, the guy. Ne- it it rubbed off from the guy next to, to you. Don't worry about it. Like what in God's name? And that's the thing. It's like every time there's a recording about something racist, it's always. It's always watered down, no matter what. You know. Like, the issue with the picture is the blackface, but it's also that he's standing next to a clan member. And, you know, I do a pretty, like, thorough, like, Google before I come to sit down to record this podcast. And if you were to just read headlines, you wouldn't know that it was a picture with the KKK next to it. You'd only know about the blackface part. So it's, again, we keep kind of inching forward to the things that we're comfortable, like, saying are racist. And so now, you know, blackface is a buzzword right now, made popular by these idiotic fashion houses that can't get their shit together Prada and Gucci I'm looking at you but so we're saying that but then it's like are we gonna address the whole KKK person in the picture because that means the whole this is like this how old is this man this was like the 80s the 70s the, I don't know people some people be people be aging so badly let me look at a picture of him because honestly looking at him I would have thought it was the 60s but I guess at that point, that was like 40 years ago. Um, Yeah, so it's just ridiculous. So then his lieutenant governor option, um, who's a black man, has been accused of rape. And very similar to the Brett Kavanaugh situation, his uh, accuser told people at the time. She told them, not like 19 years, this is 19 years ago at Duke University. So a newsflash, people don't, you know, plant little time capsules of sabotage in the ground to come up later like this had to have happened she told people about it she's spoken about it before and it really just makes you say like what and the, oh oh and then the, and then the was it the attorney general the next person in line after that also had a blackface scandal which just begs the question like why is this so pop like stop I'm asking questions I sort of know the answer to, but I even sort of don't I think I said the last show, I just don't have a fascination with white people where I would be dressing up like them. I might be dressing up as like a queen, like, you know, 
yeah, like, you know, Charlotte Church, I still stand for her. So perhaps I dress up as a Welsh person, but like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, who, who am I? They're white queens. Julianne Moore, we love a Julianne Moore, a Kate Blanchett. But like, why to just be dressing up like, uh, it's, it's a weird pastime at, at best. And I think it needs to be examined. And I actually, actually listened to, I was listening to um, the Atlantic podcast and, you know, someone on there admitted that like, he's been at parties where it happened and we just kind of thought, oh, that's weird, but we didn't think anything of it. Now let's subtract. You didn't think, oh, it was weird. You, if you thought any, if you, you either thought something negative of it or you didn't, but you didn't think, oh, that's weird and disregard it. But he was trying to be, uh, what's the word where you, I guess he was trying to be transparent and say that, you know, I'm around racist stuff and people, you know, this actually does happen more. So honestly, maybe the gag is on all of us, like black people who are surprised, maybe blackface happens all the time and it's just like really maybe that is the truth you know I thought Megan Kelly was lying because she told us Santa Claus couldn't be black so then I just started to think she was trolling us but the bitch did say like since when is this offensive so maybe it's just every every Friday night thing I don't know I really don't know but um in any case that is what's going on in Virginia and it's a very interesting conversation also because I love hearing kind of like the outside in analysis. Like even when you try to cover all the bases, you can tell when people are writing who they think their audience is for. And it was fascinating because I was listening to reporting that was saying like the Democratic Party has this dilemma where they don't know whether to really, you know, so if they if they all these people step down, then the next person in line, which, you know, you know, you are fucked if you had to go to the fourth person in line like get your whole life together but if they go that far down the line then the next person to step up is a go is a um, republican and so democrats are being put in this dilemma of like do we really stand by what we say we stand for and like pursue these values or do we you know do what's for the greater good of the party etc etc and it was funny because the way the person had framed it was just like it's very clear that the democratic party just the way they termed it just like does things to keep up appearances because that's a party line because they are the progressive party and not because they actually care. And it's like you always get these moments where you realize you are not the intended audience or, or you know, you're just not who they're talking to because I don't give a flying fox, okay? I don't give a flying fox who is of what party. Y'all can all get fired we have got to stop protecting men's jobs of either party whatever like successful old men that have benefited either from the patriarchy from being male from white patriarchy whatever like I am not sweating if you lose your job and I don't know why it's so hard to get fired I've been fired for less I was fired from training for a restaurant because I asked for a date I needed off three weeks in the future and people can't get fired for enormous scandals we build this mythology around these men that they're the only ones that can do said job. They're the only ones that do this. And so then we kind of take the fact that they have all these connections or like Brett Kavanaugh, that they went to these series of private schools where they were groomed for the kind of opportunities that they were, that were put in front of them from birth. So then we take the fact that they get those opportunities and we use it as evidence that they're deserving and that they were exceptional it's a very tight circle, and I'm, gonna, I'm stepping on the outside of it. I'm over it. You can all 
go. You can all kiss my butt. I don't care about you. And I feel like a lot of people of color feel the same way. Like, we're not just waiting for people to keep up with appearances. We really don't like you. We're not surprised the Democrats can be racist. We just don't let, want any of you in office. And that's why I do have sympathy when people are sometimes like, I'm not voting. What's the point? Like, I think ultimately that's not the tactic to go for. But when you know in your heart that people are doing shit like this behind the scenes and that, I mean, it's just a, such a, it's emotionally draining. It's just emotionally draining. So that's our government. It's really disappointing, but don't, don't, don't rest on your laurels yet because I have even more nonsense from West Virginia. Is West Virginia culturally any different than Virginia? I don't know a lot about the history of how they became two different Virginias, or I don't remember. So if anyone can can get back to me and let me know if the squirrels taste the same on either side of the border. Um, yeah. But so this other guy who's a lawmaker from West Virginia I said some of the most outrageous, weird stuff that I don't know if he was like being menacing and threatening like, I actually don't understand what his point was. Um, it's it's kind of creepy. But his name is Eric Porterfield. He's a Republican. If you could look at this headshot he has right now, he looks like a Cadbury egg that somebody put googly eyes on. It's terrifying. He looks like that. He looks like that monster that um, Wesley Snipes killed in Blade that was on the floor that he like used the blowtorch on. And I only say that because it's true, but also I feel comfortable saying it because he's an asshole. So this guy, he made all these anti-LGBT comments that were just so bizarre. He, he said that L, the LGBT is the most socialist group in history. They do not protect gays. There are many gays they persecute if they do not line up with their social ideology. Okay, but who... Who is the, who's the LGBT? Who is it, sis? Because I think you're confused. So I watched this interview. He kept saying the LGBT, the LGBT. I have a problem with the LGBT. He said they were a blight on this country. He said they were a terrorist group like the KKK. What does this even mean? What are these buzzwords? It's so funny because like racist, homophobic, crazy people always like to use buzzwords. Black Lives Matter is like the KKK, blah, 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 KKK. Why don't you just, let's just work on dismantling the KKK because your grandpa's still in it. How about that? Instead of saying everyone else is like this and everyone is like Hitler, like it's so weird. It's so weird. But he, he thinks LGBT group, LGBT is a group that is distinct from gay people. He said that several times. And, um... Then wait, let me pull up the other creepiest thing he said, because they had a section where the interviewer asked him what would he do if his uh, if his daughter was gay or if his son was gay. And he said, bloop, bloop. OK, are you guys ready for this? Well, I will address my daughter first. I would take her for a pedicure. I'd take her to get her nails done and see if she could swim. If it was my son, I would probably take him hunting. I would take him fishing. Then I'd see if he could swim. Huh? 
So the interviewer said, what do you mean you would see if they could swim? He said, I, I just want to make sure they could swim. And she said, what, but what does that mean? I, I just would, I would just want to see if they could swim. Didn't you raise them? Why do you, how do you, you don't know if they can, did you ever take them to swimming lessons? What are, what are you talking Like, what's going on? I really don't understand it. And it's, it's, I know that you don't need your job, but I also am just fascinated because I don't know what your exact, like, illness is that you have, like, glue sniffing. Like, I'm not sure. But it was, it's such a mess. Um, apparently, he also vociferously, according to CNN, vociferously criticized the Youth Mental Health Protection Act. And this is a bill that failed to pass. Of course it failed to pass. Like, why would we need something called the Youth Mental Health Protection Act? Um, It failed to pass. And this is a bill that would have banned conversion therapy for gay, LGBTQ minors. Um, And of course, he said it was a violation of free speech called its supporters bigoted and discriminatory. So it's just that whole, like, whatever I am, I'm going to say you are thing that kind of goes on. But what does a swimming comment mean? I don't... You guys let me know what you think it means. Does it mean I would drown my children after I gave them a pedicure? What is the best part about Fruit and Talk is that if you join our master's level program, which means you have put together one piece of furniture in under one year's time, you can invite your friends. We have Fruit and Talk parties. Everyone can bring a tool of their choice. It doesn't really matter which one because you're not going to get anything put together without force. Then you can harass your friends and family into enlisting themselves into the torturous program that is Fruit and Talk. Once they have put together their own piece of furniture, they can force somebody else to sell. But we don't really care about the sales. We just want to see you suffer. Trust us. We've made everything as confusing as possible. So if you are someone that likes a challenge or just really hates yourself, Flutendog is the next level of furniture for you. Flutendog. We hate you. Okay, back to another lawmaking story. So this is a topic that I realize is sensitive, but I'm going to broach it anyway, just because the angle that I found the most interesting was was a little crazy to me. So this is about Representative Ilan Omar, which you might know is the first um, Muslim t- elected Muslim lady like wearing a hijab to be elected to Congress. Um, so she she cl- is in really hot water in the media. She claimed that politicians were being paid for their views on the Israel-Palestine conflict. And um, like she tweeted like some article like suggesting these ties. And then she said, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. See, I can't even say it without singing it. Um, but she wrote, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. And who people ask her on Twitter, like, who do you think is paying people? And she said, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, known as APAC, which is a powerful lobbying group. It smells, spends millions of dollars each year on pro-Israel lobbying efforts in Congress. So I now, you know, she people are saying that she's an anti-Semitist. Is that the word? 
I don't know, that she should step down. Trump is saying she's disgusting, et cetera. We'll get to that. Um, But it just sparked a huge uproar because people didn't know what it's all about the Benjamins meant. Now, if you have a problem with the political content of what she's saying, that's a separate issue. And this is not something I know a lot about, and I, but I do know how deeply sensitive it is. But I will say I'm not sure why Israel or any other country, like I'm not sure why it's crazy to say that a lobbying group is paying people in Congress to support them. Like I don't think that's anti-Semitic. I think it's more like Congress is kind of corrupt and like people – I well, I know judges are corrupt. I've known that from around the way from – but like – I just, you know, it's it seems weird to be up in arms if someone would suggest that Congress is being paid off for things or that, like, money influences things. And that is divorced from the Israel-Palestine conflict. It just seemed like, you know, saying that people are paying people for shit is kind of the way the world works. I mean, we, we also, like, set up coups in South America, like, yesterday. So it's just a thing. And, but I, but I you know, also... Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are also just, you know, kind of in your face, like, hey, I'm part of this system and I'll criticize it. And they don't have that whole, you know, just respect for the way things used to be like a museum, you know, the way that I feel like sometimes older people do. So I get that's part of it, too. So that said, it's all about the Benjamins. We got to put this part to rest. Um, I do understand the negative stereotypes about like, well, it's unfortunate. I guess Benjamin is a Jewish name a lot of the times, but it's this is a song. And I just felt sad that people didn't know one of the best songs of all. Oh, my gosh. The remix for All About the Benjamins with P. Diddy and the Foo Fighters slaps. You want to bumble with the beat, huh? Bzz, throw a hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the omen. Have your friends singing this about my homie. And you know me for making niggas so sick. Flossing my six with the lex on the wrist. If it's murder, you know she wrote it. Like, come on. Stop playing. It's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, that was the rock one. That was the Foo Fighters. And then the, uh, the regular one. Bow, 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 bow. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Like... Okay, so I even on Facebook, I saw people that I know like asking, who is Benjamin? Where is Benjamin? Benjamin is Benjamin Franklin. He's on the $100 bill. Benjamin is Benjamin Franklin. He's on the $100 bill. So this was just kind of an amazing intersection of different cultures of oppressed people. I'm like, I have my like Jewish people not sure how to feel about this comment, because they didn't know that it's like from a rap song that's like from my culture. But at the same time, I can still see how this would be make you feel some kind of way because of all the negative connotations that involving like stereotypes and slurs with money. So it's just dicey. And because of that, she really, really apologized unequivocally. She didn't even be petty like I am and point out that it's from a song. She just said, if this reminds you of anything, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, if I am being educated on how my language needs to be improved, needs to be more careful, and, like, if this evoked any pain and hurt, like my Jewish brothers and sisters have explained to me, why it could be that way and what it means. And I just thought she gave the kind of apology that was, like, very, uh, covers all the bases because 
she she didn't say like she didn't make an excuse. She was just like, if what I said even reminds you of anything that is hurtful, I take responsibility for that and I'm sorry. And I think that was a really good apology. Now, I think that, <laughs> what do you do with the fact that it just, it just means a thing? Like, it's just a pop culture reference. I don't know. I guess you can't win that battle. I guess that battle's been decided. But so Trump says that she should resign and she's disgusting. And he called her apology half-hearted. Um, excuse me, Agent Orange, have you ever apologized for anything in your life? How would you even know if an apology came and grabbed your lace front off your head? You wouldn't know what happened. You would just think that it was the wind because you don't know apology. You never met her. She don't know you. Like, ugh. And he never apologized, people are bringing up, because the internet's petty and CNN's even petty, for a Photoshop image that he tweeted uh, during the 2016 campaign, which, remember when he was tweeting all this, like, anti-Semitic, like, and also, like, white supremacist stuff, like, pay-pay stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I don't actually think that's ever stopped. But he never apologized for this image that featured Hillary Clinton on a backdrop of $100 bills with a star of David next to it, emblazoned with the words, most corrupt candidate ever. So he's done wild shit. He didn't apologize. Um, I mean, I think she needs to be more careful, Representative Omar. Like, I just think she is, I don't know. And I don't know what her views are, but I don't know personally where she stands, whatever, whatever. I just know that It's All About the Benjamin is a song. So it's kind of weird to read a lot of reporting about it that didn't message that it's an actual song about money. It's all about the Benjamins, all about the $100 bills. So she was saying these people are being paid off for money, which is how most people are paid off. And it was just kind of weird to see that not reflected um, in the analysis of like what happened. But I, it's kind of weird because we live in such a Google you know, pop culture is being interconnected with the news time. So I'm surprised in the way that went down, but, um, good on her and whoever she listened to and her handlers for just really, really taking it back. So the editor of Vogue Brazil celebrated her 50th birthday of uselessness on the planet earth by having a colonial Brazil party. So if you don't know, um, Brazil ended slavery in 1888, which is the latest of all the colonies. And this party consisted of women, black women, dark-skinned black women, dressed as house slaves, which is called mukumas. And their traditional clothes consisted of like kind of wrap off the shoulder dresses with a with a gele on, like a head wrap, like a West African head wrap, because that's where they all came from, Nigerian, Angola, etc. And these mukumas, these women dressed as house slaves, would sur- were surrounding like the white guests that would sit in these big lavish chairs and like fan them, which basically recreated just it, it was an exact replica of portraits of the time. Um, and it seems outrageous, but. Honestly, this is what happens. And this is why, like, I rail on this so much in this show. But that's, you know, Brazil is supposed to be, like, colorblind, right? Because they don't have racism there, right? Because everyone's just, like, pretty shades of brown, except for the white ones, who are the ones that are the ones that are so heavily recruited to be, like, models, et cetera, that 
they had to instate a law saying that you had to include models in fashion week from like the black state, which is Bahia and um, have African and indigenous looking models included in things. But I mean, I just think it's such a perfect example of how when you don't acknowledge something terrible that happened, you kind of just live in this state of this liminal state of like in between nonsense forever. And I feel like America is very much the same way. I mean, we still, and I want to do a more of a segment on this next week. Um, I'm hoping to have some, some interview respondents, some interesting like contributions about this, but we still have people getting married on plantations and stuff. I had like people that I work with be like, oh, they're getting married on a plantation. Then they started talk, talking about how cool this one plantation was. Well, like, I know you ain't like an American history student. You just, you just think it's cool. You're just talk like, you're just, oh, it's weird. It's weird. People don't even want to live in an apartment where someone died in, and you want to live on a on a place where people were dragged from their homes and enslaved and tortured and raped. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's bad juju for your whole generation. But like, okay, go off, get married there, start out your union like that on the on the bodies of dead people. It's weird, man. So I mean, I was first like really shocked, like, oh, wow, this is what goes on in South America. But then I'm not because it's kind of like, you know, they didn't have the same laws that we did against like interracial marriage and stuff like that being overturned. So the, but they had colonialism. So in some ways they had slavery end and things like that end, but they didn't have other things as codified in the law as we did. So it's almost like you can just kind of like slip into the next day. Like, hey, everything's normal. It's always been a party here. What are you talking about? Just have some mojitos. And so that on South America, let me close with this show, Siempre Bruja. We had a lot of hopes for it. And our hopes have been dashed across the rocks. Um, it is a Colombian like telenovela starring a black lead and she's a witch. So you know I'm already there, right? Like witches, black witches. I always wanted to be part of the craft. We good. But then the whole plot is that she is burned at the stake in colonial Colombia. She's a slave. Burned at the stake. And then her lover, who's like the slave master's son, is like shot defending her, even though he didn't put up any fight at all, like in the scene where she was grabbed. Like he waited till after he was grabbed, she was grabbed to start trying to get her back. And I'm like, oh, that's that's how this fight choreography went. Okay. And then he gets shot and she she says a spell because she meets this like immortal like wizard who gives her some power. So she gets catapulted into the future, into present day Columbia. And all she wants to do for the episodes that I've watched so far, her entire character motivation is to go back into slavery to get this white boy. He's not even the cutest one on the show. I was just confused. I thought telenovelas like had exaggerated acting. I didn't also know they were just complete nonsense. So there was just things like, oh, she appears suddenly, now she has new clothes, or she tells some one person like one crazy thing, and they're like, okay, or like she asks someone, how's the best way to find someone? And they're like, the policia, so she can go to the police who are obviously going to become characters. They can already tell there's two of them. One of them is going to be the one who's like on to her being supernatural. The other one, they're going to have some weird like romantic tension because that's the way it goes down. You just fall in love with with creepy criminals and runaways when you're 
you're chasing them down. You become obsessed. That's what happens. You become obsessed. But yeah, it. I was like, so you're just going to set up this plot device so she goes to the police instead of going on Google? Is this, in fact, supposed to be 2019? But it is. It is. Now, the gag is I'm going to keep watching because sometimes you just like a simple thing that has, you know, there's one motivation here. You kind of just like her walking around, figuring out, you know, she was looking at like a running water faucet and like, oh, just things like that. Charming things like that. But I tell you, whoever sat down in this room and said, when they asked, when this like wizard dude asked this girl what she wants most in the world, she's not going to say to like free her people or for a better life. She's going to say to continue the secret relationship that she had with her slave master's son in an unequal power situation covertly in the woods. I cariño. I I don't know if that was Portuguese. I feel like not. All right, all right. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my new subscribers. I really hope that if you haven't subscribed yet, you will hit that subscribe button because that's actually what sends like that's what helps the algorithm on Apple send my podcast to people so they can see it so people can't really find it that easily because they don't really do like search tags anymore so if you please hit subscribe and also the next step of activation on the pyramid to success is to send me an email at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com I'd love to know your thoughts questions comments suggestions let me know if I'm really off base let me know if I said something that makes you laugh let me know if I said something crazy And ask a question. I'd love to answer questions on air. I'm not really an expert on anything much, but, you know, whatever advice I can give with a large disclaimer, I'd be excited to do so. I think that'd be fun. Okay. Well, that's it. And see you next week. Cake and Kombucha is produced by me, Kilechi Aza, written and hosted by me, Kilechi Aza, in my New York apartment that really behaved with me tonight. 
Thank you, Radiator. Thank you so much. It features music by Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like her sound, check her out at MelanieJBCharles.com, and you can find more of her music on Spotify. Ta-ta for now.